you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. I'm Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. There you go. The Iron Lady sings it, and that's how you know the show is officially back on. Welcome to Big Show, family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys being a part of the Chris Voss Show. As always, if you're catching us during the holidays, happy holidays. I know uh, you know people will be watching our videos 10 years from now on YouTube going, what? It's me. But happy holidays <laughs> if you're in that sort of thing, wherever we catch you when you're watching the show. But right now, as we're recording this, it is the happy holidays of the 2023 era. So uh, there you go. Well, happy holidays, folks, and happy New Year. <laughs> and if, if it's uh, if it's not 2023 or 2020, going on 2024, wherever you're at, just kind of forward that to, I don't know, whatever age you're on. People are like, it's 2050. What's going on? Got to love YouTube. It just stays forever. Like People actually write me, and they're just like, this video is dumb. You, you know, this, this iPhone 5 isn't new. And you're like, dude, look at the date. Anyway, guys, welcome to the big show. As always, for the show to your family, friends, and relatives, go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, Chris Foss One and the Tickety Tockety, and uh, Chris Foss Facebook.com. We had an amazing new author on the show. She just launched her new book that has come out October 8th, 2023. Stephanie Rowe Stephanie Ro joins us on the show. She has her new book called Fiercely Me, her first published self-published memoir and we're talking about her incredible journey through her life her childhood lessons that we're going to learn from her and how we can hopefully be better people and achieve better things so she'll be joining us on the show and i am actively hunting for her bio if i can find it and it's right in front of me stephanie is a business coach and procurement specialist who devotes herself to inspire and empower people through her work her life and her writing. She guides her clients and readers to harness the self-esteem and courage required to go after the goals and find the success they desire. Currently, she is creating an extraordinary life and business of her dreams through coaching practice. Mrs. Rose coaches her clients to highlight the skills they develop through working with her to apply for and find success in achieving the goals they set out, like obtaining higher paid employment, Etc. One of her lifelong passions is to empower others to take charge of their life and guide them towards a path of happiness that everyone deserves. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. How are you? Thank you so much, Chris, for having me. I'm doing really well and Merry Christmas. There you go. We're, we're currently in the future, so we're at Boxing Day, but I do understand that you are Christmas Day, so Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> there you go. You're in the Australia part of the world, correct? Yes, yes, I okay. am in Australia, and it is currently like 30 degrees, sunny, beautiful. It is a oh. really warm Christmas this year. Well, we really... have had, yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been really warm. We've just come out of a heat wave, but I've been messaging some people on in your side of the world, and they've been sending me snow photos, and I'm like, yeah, polar opposites, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm freezing my bum off. I, 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 I remind myself every year that I need to move to Australia for a winter here, so yeah. that I get summer there and then move back and forth. Plus, I yeah, like 
Plus, I like to see what the toilets look like when they flush the other way. <laughs> as long as I don't get near the the claws of the camellia or have to be forced to eat Vegemite, we'll be fine. But the Tim Tams are awesome down there. So, yeah, yeah. welcome to the show, Stephanie. Give us your dot coms. Where do you want people to find you on the interwebs? Yeah, so I'm on all socials. So I'm on Facebook as Mrs. Rowe Author, Instagram as Mrs. Rowe Author, and I'm on TikTok as Stephanie Rowe. And my book, my wonderful book, you can buy on my website, which is www.mrsrowe.org, and you can get it as e and also as paperback. And it's also on Kobo and Google Books, so you can get it on those platforms as well. There you go. So give us a 30,000 overview. What's inside the book? Ooh, what's inside the book? Lots of fun stuff. And so I go through a bit of a journey of my life. The start of my life was very interesting. So my my mum and dad bought a bus and we went around to the outside of Australia in a bus. I kind of started off with some of those antidotal stories. And then I kind of go into a little bit of my teenage years. And so I come from quite a low socioeconomic family. And my one of my teachers at high school turned around and said, oh, you're going to be one of three things. You're going to be a checkout chick, a teenage mom, or a junkie. And I am not one either of those things. And I essentially wanted to write this book because I wanted to, to show others that even if it doesn't matter where you come from, you can actually achieve things and you can achieve, achieve your dreams and you can be really successful. So I, uh, the end of the book kind of goes through a little bit of trauma and then it goes into how to love yourself and then it goes into my business. So what I've done in my professional life as a procurement representative, but then also how I've helped other people and businesses. And then it finishes off really, really powerfully. So I'm, I, I reread the book and I was like, wow, I am like a gun like that. At the end, I was so proud. I was like, this is really great. <laughs> I lived a really cool life, wherever this person was. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I was just yeah. like, like, my friend was like, she read it for me and she goes, oh, man, I didn't know about this. And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, yeah, you wrote about it in your book. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I did. So <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're an accomplished author. Congratulations. It's always Thank you. To, to make that crossover, people look at you differently when you're an author. It's really weird. Like I was do. Well, but then when I became an author, people were like, get away from me. No, I'm just kidding. Smart. And I'm like, I've always been smart, damn it. And like, yeah, <laughs> you put in a book, so now you're official. I know. Like I, I had a friend go, oh my God, like you you know words that I had to look up in the dictionary. And I was just like, yeah, I know, man. Like there's a whole heap of words in the in the world, but you, like, and I just happen to know some of them and I put yeah. it in a book. <laughs> I like, cheated. I, I used the thesaurus the whole time. So yeah. <laughs> I flunked second grade is the callback joke on the show. So tell us about your journey through life. I mean, it sounds, give us a little more in depth, if you would, how you raised and, and kind of your, so your family just touring in, in a bus when they were younger? How did that yeah, work? Yeah, yeah. So we started off with a bus in Bundaberg. So my parents bought it in Bundaberg, which is north Queensland. And then they went essentially all the way up and around. And then they got, they went all the way over to Western Australia down. And then they like kind of went all the way around. And one the, the bus broke down in a place in the middle of, on the border of Northern Territory and Queensland, which is essentially the desert. Um, and at that point, because I'm the eldest of five children, but at that point there was just me and my my younger brother below me. Mm-hmm. And so we, some of my first memories are just phenomenal. It was just 
we went to, and I talk about this in the book, but we went to, we found like natural waterholes, like mirages. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So my, my childhood in, in one way was extremely liberating. Like it was just a massive freedom. Like I was in the middle of Australia, like this vast open country. And so it enabled me to kind of have instilled in me, I think, to like who I am today, to have a, 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 an immense freedom within life. So I'm able to kind of see things in no confinement, which has been, I think, a really beautiful thing that I've taken from my childhood and a real connection to the land as well, like being able to go back to a country, no matter where where I am, because we, me and my husband just finished a six-month trip around the world. So we went through Europe oh. and we went through, yeah, it's been amazing. We went through mm-hmm. Europe, we went over to America, we just stopped in at Tampa, we went down to Mexico and then Peru. And yeah, so everywhere we kind of went we went out into nature and we tried to see as much as we could of the land and and it's interesting because a lot of the places we went to really reminded us of Australia and I just kept thinking to myself well the world was all one at some point you know we were like all the continents were connected so it was kind of it was interesting to see that kind of similarities but yeah my childhood was just quite remarkable at the start of it in the sense of what we what we experienced. We ended up on an island and we lived on that and that was just phenomenal. I used to wow. just get lost and I'd just go walking and just go exploring. Like I was like about seven and I thought to myself, I'm going to try and walk around this entire island by myself as a seven-year-old. And I just remember looking, like walking in the mangrove forests and just sitting there and just like listening to the birds and watching the water come in and, the, you know, seeing all of the crabs kind of like scurrying around. It was just like, it was, it was a really, really beautiful start to my life, I have to admit. Do you feel it shaped you? Because, you know, I, I see people that they live in one locale of their life and they grow up there and stuff. And I lived kind of like your life. We moved around to different places. You know, you see that with the army brats and people, they move around to different bases. And you kind of, it gives you, I think it teaches a little bit of resilience because you have to learn new places. You have to adjust to new people and cultures maybe or scenarios and i think it gives you a broader perspective as you said it doesn't lock you in you you're able to see out of the box you're able to to kind of you you, you're able to adapt and you learn at a very early age and of course you're roaming around you know one of the most beautiful places on earth (laughs) australia can go from you know the desert to the beautiful reefs and and uh, you know aside from you know don't get eaten by dingoes and everything <laughs> and crocodiles and, and crocodiles and spiders yeah. spiders yep, the size of, uh, small creatures yeah 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 and pretty much everything on the freaking island uh, <laughs> i can't disagree with you and like people went up when we traveled were like is it really that bad and i was like I wish I could lie to you, but it really is. Like, you really, we really do have a lot of things that kill you. Like, we've got jellyfish, crocodiles, sharks, spiders, snakes. Like, you, you, you have a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that whole island, except for, I don't know, maybe the koalas, is just pretty much murder capital. Like, it really is. Even the kangaroos, they're gnarly. Yeah, even the kangaroos. I've seen the kangaroos bite people. My Australian friends are like, yeah, they'll tear your guts out. They can lift their yeah. feet up off their yeah, they, they can kill you. They can um, kill you. But mm. you know the funny thing about koalas? This, I don't know if you know this, but so if, when people, I don't know if they've done this to you, but they go, oh, if you could like, be reincarnated to an animal, what would it be? And mine's either a dolphin or a koala. And why I would choose a koala is because essentially they just drink, like they eat mm-hmm. uh, leaves and then they get really drunk and then they pass out and then they Mm. wake up and then they have more leaves and then they get drunk again and then they Mm. sleep. And I'm like, 
if I was an animal, like that would be a great life. Like you're just eating, getting super hammered and then passing out to do it all over again. And it's just, I think that's a great animal to choose. <laughs> that's what we do on Fridays around here on the show. That's probably also how they all got chlamydia. I thought that was pretty 100%. 100%. <laughs> What was going on there at the bar? So there you go. They're just eating, getting drunk, eating, getting drunk. I mean, it's a life, people. There you go. So uh, tease us out some more of the stuff that you have inside the book as you told your yeah. story of life. Yeah, yeah. So I, so uh, touching on your point earlier about moving around a lot, it did actually play a very fundamental part in my who I became as an adult. And I like moved around like a lot after I finished high school. And because I wanted to, one, I wanted to see as an adult, the world that existed, the, the, how I'd seen Australia was through my eyes and I wanted to see it through an adult's eyes. So I went traveling and I went, lived in Alice Springs. I went far North Queensland. I went to, you know, the rainforest, the creeks. I went down to Tasmania. I lived in, you know, Melbourne, Sydney, Newcastle, Adelaide, Kangaroo Island. Like I just went all over the place. And a lot of people, and I talk about this in the book, like, when you move around in Australia, a lot of people, as you mentioned, just stay in one place. They stay in a city, they grow up, they have their friends from school, they marry, they have children, they get the house, they do the whole thing, but they don't generally kind of leave. There's a, there's that kind of settlement, which I totally understand and, and respect. But for me, and from what I can hear from you, we moved around a lot. And so you do learn different skills. You learn how to talk to people. You learn how to pick up on things. You learn how to integrate easier. You know, you're a little bit better with change. You learn how to, you know, deal with change and, and how you transition that with others as well. And so through me moving, not only as a child, but then as an adult, I learn a lot of skills. And you know, what I touch on in the book is around, you know, just because you, because there is a bit of a judgment for me, like, why have you moved around so much? Like, why haven't you stayed in one spot? Well, you know, you know, this is really abnormal. There must be a reason why you're what? doing this, you know. Did you tell them, why are you so boring? <laughs> I know, right? In one place, like, you're like, you have no fucking idea what's going on in the world. Yeah. 100%, exactly, exactly right. And so, like, I talk about that and I call it out because I'm like, just because you've stayed in your suburb for your whole life does not mean that, I, you know, there's something wrong with me. It just means that we have a different life. And so I really I talk about it and I talk about, you know, having to push through my own, because I moved around a lot, I had to learn how to settle. Yeah. And I had to learn because for me, I'm all about self-development. I'm under, you know, I want to understand who I am within the world and then be able to help others as well through that. And so I, I talk about how I had to overcome moving around because it was the most familiar thing for me. Mm. And so I did that and I had self-reflection and it was really difficult because it was like, I just want to go somewhere else. You know, I've done this city. I'm bored. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go somewhere else as a bit, you know, and find something interesting to do. Mm -hmm. and, and I had to really push through that personal baggage, essentially, from childhood and settle. And I was like, no, I'm committing to myself to prove that I can do this. So I would, I, I got a unit, I got a job, and I stayed in, in one place. And I stayed for four and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I built a like a social community. I had my social network. I was doing really well with my work. And then essentially what happened was my mind played this trick on me where it was like, hey, we're going to reconnect your frontal cortex to an experience that you had when you were a child. And essentially it's called a blocked memory. 
or a repressed memory. And so when I had settled, I'd finally settled, I'd pushed through, I was like, nope, I'm gonna try it your way and see how I go. And then within two years of me settling down, my brain was like, hey, you're in a really great place. You've got, you know, you're safe. You've got lots of money. You're really happy. You've got this great life. We're now going to just connect that memory back up and we're going to, yeah, we're just going to dump all of these memories from your, from your childhood on you. And I was like, wow, this is not great. And I, I remember going to my psychologist. I'm like, can you please tell me why now? And she's like, because your mind knew that you were in a place stabilized enough and safe enough to deal with it. And I'm like, that's so like ironic in one way. It's just like best life ever. Here's some real bad crap that I don't want to deal with. (laughs) And so, yeah. And so I, I had to go through and I had to deal with the memories. And so with what can happen in life is that you either have one, which is the memory comes back fully as like a, a memory or two, you have fragments, but you also have the physical sensation of what happened to you. So I was a 33-year-old woman reliving what was happening to me as being a seven-year-old child. Mm. And it was like the most craziest thing because it's like I know this is not like these sensations, these feelings, like because I could actually feel the person like touching me. Mm. And it was just like I'm like I can't understand how this has happened so long ago, but I'm actually – feeling it today and I realize that the brain is a really powerful powerful thing which we like as a race we we don't really know that much about and so yeah I had to go through that and I had to like waffle you know literally sludge my way through and I talk about it in the book and I and I worked all the way through it and I you know went and seeked professional help and I did it and I was really proud of myself and then I met my new husband and then I kind of and that's where I go into the love section because it wasn't just about external love but it was also about internal love and yeah and so through that I blocked memories I realized that I needed to I needed to essentially give myself love and compassion Mm. and empathy and be gentle with myself and I had to ask myself some really hard questions if I wanted my life to change and so I did that and so I kind of write all about this there you go and and congratulations on doing the work more people need to do the work I mean if you have traumas if you have issues from childhood yeah my, my whole life is an issue so there's that <laughs> there you go. but you know we've had psychologists and brain people on the show and what they've talked about is when you're young your brain can't handle trauma it's overload because yeah. you're, you're just not equipped and it's it's shocking it's you know you, whatever you're going through and so your brain will sometimes turn off because you can't handle it. It's kind of like shock when you first have an accident. It's your brain saying this is overwhelming and the yeah. pain's too much. We're going to we're going to preserve what's going on with this person and and try it's it's a protection mode. And so and then it's interesting like you said how the brain kind of seem says somewhere, you know, that hey, I think you're kind of mature enough to start taking this on. So we're going to reopen this for you and start sharing it maybe a little bit at a time. And, you know, then maybe it's time now where you can deal with it. And it's kind of interesting how the subconscious mind seems to kind of know how that whole thing can work. So It's amazing. Like the one thing that I've learned over the last few years is just how incredible our minds really are. And and, and, but also the possibility of like, what I have seen in my life is a lot, and as you said earlier, a lot of people choose to not develop. They choose not to do the work. But then when you do do the work, when you have that honest conversation and self-reflection with yourself and you're like, I want a different life. 
I don't want this anymore. I want to change. And you have to have that conversation with you and you have to have, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and you have to be like, what do I need to do to change my life and do the work and do the development and change how your thought processes are and change literally how your mind chemistry is being made up. It's very, very difficult, but it's not unachievable. It's yeah. definitely achievable. Anybody can do it. And so when you get to that place, you realize, you know, because there was a lot of tears and there was a lot of hurt and there's a lot of pain and there's still a little, oh, you know, this, it's not that it doesn't go away. It's just that I can now deal with it a, a lot better than mm -hmm. I used to. But anything is possible. Like anything in this world is possible if you want it bad enough. And when you have that ability to go, you know what, I do deserve this. Mm. I deserve this life. That's a, a massive moment. And a lot of people live in this, like, oh, I don't deserve this, or I'm a people pleaser, or you know, no, 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 them, you know, I have to support them. And it's like, well, no, you don't. You can actually choose what you want to do. And if there's a passion that you love, if there's something that really drives you, you can actually achieve that. And it's just about changing how you see the world and how you see yourself in the world. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's that was how I really I wanted to end the book really powerfully on, on that note, because it's like anything is achievable. And when you start to develop, when you start to actually take responsibility for your own life and your own actions and you call, because I know I had to call myself out. You can't do the work if you don't go, I was really bad and that was really toxic behavior and that wasn't really nice. Like you can't, be, you can't develop without being like, yeah, I was pretty shitty then. That was pretty shitty behavior. Like mm. I didn't really, I'm not real proud of that. But that doesn't mean that I can't be better now. Mm. Like that's the other thing. Like just because I was crappy then doesn't mean that I can't be better now. But you have to acknowledge it. You have to be honest with yourself. And a lot of people don't like that because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. My, my biggest my biggest trauma of life was that I didn't wake up until I was about 50 was, uh, and it happened when I suddenly turned 50. I'm like, holy shit, there are a lot of stupid people. And my brain went, my brain went, yeah, we've been saving to let you finally realize that because it's, it's, it's a little bit overwhelming. It is overwhelming. It is. And it's, you know, I totally agree with you. There are like... It's hard as well because, you know, I there's this fine balance of, of going, oh, man, there is a lot of stupid people and I wish you'd all just kind of take some responsibility for your own actions and stop putting and vomiting all your emotional baggage onto me. But then there's also other people which are, you know, either starting their journey or have acknowledged or are being proactive or they have, you know, halfway through or they're, you know, kind of, you know, they're well and truly on their way of developing. And so you learn kind of to attract the people that, will either test you in one way and go, how much have you learned? Like, how much have you actually learned? Oh, let's just test. And then you go, oh, God, they're testing me to see if I'm going to tolerate this behavior or if I'm going to tolerate being treated like this or spoken to like this. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just calling it out and being like, I don't appreciate this. And then having, you know, and, and going, this is why, in a really calm way, I respect myself and I don't want to be in interactions with people that have that kind of trait or that behavior and then you've got other people which I have now attracted and I, I'm, I've got beautiful people in my life which are developing and they're supportive and we are all uplifting because it's like I'm not a person who wants to leave behind others either like I, I am I am like the supporter of all like, you want to achieve something I am your I'm your girl like I'm there just cheering you on because everybody does deserve it, and I deeply believe that but they have to they have to be proactive in that so like, I've attracted all these wonderful people and it's just been like 
my connections, my friendships, my, it's been like organically cultivating and it's just this wonderful place. And I'm like, why would I want to be back there? There's so much drama. <laughs> I don't want to be back there with all you people. I want to be what? like in this beautiful world that I've created and I've, you know, attracted. So, you know, like there's, there's all of that, but there is, there, you know, because I have it, I kind of have it in some of the family interactions that I still have. And it's just like, oh man, like, can we just stop already? Like we've done this so man. much. Like we don't you know, need to keep doing it. You know what you do with those family members? You just fake your death and then change your phone numbers. <laughs> They're the ones that aren't going to miss you anyway. So, Well, I, I just want to quickly say, cause this is, it's not funny, but I deal with life humorously but when we were in peru our, our trip got cut off short because the we went on this tour to the amazon and the amazon driver this is the only way i can describe it he didn't like roads that much so he drove the bus off the road into mm -hmm. the amazon and so essentially like the, the car drove off went flying and then like flipped three times and then luckily was stopped by two trees wow. and i was just kind of like all these things happened for me for us to get home safe and then like, no one really cared that we got home and i was like but we nearly died and like for me we're like me and Tessa were just like but we nearly, like, nearly died we literally flew off a cliff like and we're here and the, and, so, and it was just so bizarre because you're saying fake your own death. Well, we, we technically just you tried attempted death and then we realized, Oh no, not that many people actually care. And, that was, this, and that's, that's this, okay. This was no small crash too. I saw a picture, yeah. I think on your Instagram, you have a neck brace yeah. and I think your arm might be broken or sprained. Yeah. So we, I have four tears in my shoulder and I have oh. a sack of fluid in my shoulder cuff. Mm. Uh, me and Jason had, so it was hilarious because when we were in Peru, we were in a hospital and no one speaks English and it was really, really bad. And so we had an x-ray and then the doctor was like, oh, you've got a wonky neck. And I was just like, what does that mean? <laughs> and so he put a neck brace on me. And then when we got to Australia, they did another x-ray. And, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, do I have a wonky neck? And they're like, no. And I'm like, are you sure that I don't have a wonky neck? And they're like, no, you have a normal neck. And I'm like, okay, cool. But yeah, so we had really bad concussion. I've had severe bruising because like my body fell on the step of the van. So I had bruising mm. all the way down the side of my right side of my body. And so there's been like a lot of muscular recovery. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just like, it was hectic, like so much bruising, so much pain. And it was just like, we get home and we're like, we're home. Everything's going to be fine. And again, I realized it like life tested me. Not only did we survive it, but it was also like, yeah. what are we going to tolerate when we get home? Are we going to tolerate the behavior of our friends and loved ones? Or are we going, is this going to be that moment in life where life shows you who exactly are your friends, who exactly loves you and who exactly cares enough to check in and make sure you're still alive when you're here, you know? Right. And when, and cause we met all these people across our travels and they were just amazing. Like they, mm -hmm. and so it was kind of this polaring moment for me, you know, uh -huh. there was, yeah, it was like, these are the people that I need to focus on. And these are the people that I just need to not worry about anymore and farewell, sayonara, have a great life. Yeah. I mean, the, these are strangers you're meeting and they seem to, you know, care about you more and take more interest than in you than, you know, your relatives, but I mean, yeah, 
Everyone's got those relatives, I suppose. They do. And so, yeah, so it was, it was a very polarizing experience, but it, I think it signified nothing is going like, I remember lying there, right? I, I, anyway, I, I, I find humor in this because it really, it really was just like, what is going on? So the bus stops. I go into full like control mode. I'm going to save the world. Don't move. We don't know how we've stopped. We might be on a rock. We might like unbalance it and keep sliding. And then like as I'm lying there, I'm looking through the top of the car and I was just like, and this is literally what I, what I thought. I was like, well, fuck you. Like you just tried to fucking kill me. There's nothing, nothing that's going to stop me. You think that I was like ambitious before you just wait. Well, you just wait. I'm like, I am going for the world now. You just tried to kill me. What do you think I'm going to do now? I am like unstoppable. You just, you know, there was an attempt. I'm like, it's like, you fired at me. I'll fire back. Here I come. It was just like, it was, yeah. And that was literally how I took it. I was just like, nothing is stopping me. There is no mountain I am not climbing up now. Like you were just like, you tried to kill me. You didn't. Here I am. <laughs> it's an old line. If you, if you shoot at the king, you better not miss. So Yeah, exactly. And that was literally what the university is. Oh, we're just going to play with you a little bit. And then I was just like, oh, well, I'll take this and I'll show you, you exactly go. what, you know, I think also it kind of gave me a little bit of liberation because I was yeah. like, you know, because people thought before, like, obviously, like, I had the book and a lot of people were kind of like, what are you, what are you doing with the book? Like, why are you releasing it? Rah, rah, rah. And I was just like, well, I'm releasing it because it's a really good story that other people need to, to read. Yeah. And as it's been, I know, I know. Why are you doing like, a book? I don't know. Everybody has a book. It's, it's a cool yeah. thing. Why are we doing a book? Anyway, so I... It's just crazy. You know, it was really, really crazy. Like, why are you writing this? It was like this. And I was like, because I want my story. I knew before this crash that my story was really important. Yeah. I knew it was. And I, and, I, and I had to really fight with a lot, like, professionals within the industry because people were like, you can't write the, your story like this. And I was like, yes, I can. You do it every I'm long. an author. I can write it however I want to write it. And they're like, yeah, well, that's not every other memoir. And I'm like... I don't care. This is how I want to write it. This is my story. This is what I'm going to do. And so as the book came out, because this is so, as the book is coming out, all of this drama is happening with Peru and me getting back to Australia and all this craziness. And so like I, in the background, like there's all these deadlines, like I have to get a printer. I have to make sure that all, you know, that's happening the PR is going on. Like there's all this stuff in the background that's having to happen. Mm -hmm. And so I get the book, right? I get the physical book and I send it out to be reviewed and people start reviewing it and it comes back and they go, Steph, like this book, this story is really easy to connect with. And I'm mm -hmm. like, fabulous. That's what I wanted. They're like, this story just isn't your story. It's like, it's mirrored everywhere. There's a lot of people that have similar stories that were, you know, that they could connect with parts of it. So like everyone's got an auntie or a grandma or, you know, or a father or, uh, you know, an uncle that they could relate to some of the, the people that I speak about in the book. Like it wasn't just my story. And then it kind of started to evolve because it was like, it was our story. It's everybody's story and everyone can kind of connect to different parts in the book. And I just thought that was the most beautiful thing. It was mm. like, this isn't, you know, this isn't mine anymore. This is our story. And everybody felt and, you know, and, and that was the, the last part was that in, in all of the reviews has been, you know, I felt empowered. Like you can see that this woman is empowered, but yeah. it makes me feel like it's okay. Like you can be vulnerable. You can go through these experiences, but then you can actually have that inner strength to change and to become who you want to be. And I was just like, tick, tick, 
tick, tick. I was just like, this is exactly why I wrote the book because I wanted people to feel like they weren't alone on their journey, that they are capable, that, you know, you can do the hard things and that there is, a, that you, if, when you do the work, you can actually come out. And so like, I'm come back to Australia after this horrific thing. I'm in a bloody brace and I'm getting these reviews and I'm just like, yes, this was the point. This was the whole point, all of you. And I was just like, you know, I kind of wanted to just send it to all of the people that had like, criticized me. And I was just like, no, because my success in this book is going to be the sweetest part. When, when, when I can, when you have professionals in an industry tell you, I don't think that you're doing the right thing. And then you go against their advice and you, and you follow through with your gut instinct. Mm -hmm. And then you have a really successful book, which people connect with. Man, you just know, like, it's, the, it's just such a beautiful feeling to experience. There you go. And, and you know, everyone's stories in life are kind of similar, but it's the vehicle that it's delivered to. You know, like, I love, you know, I learned stories from, you know, Led Zeppelin. But, you know, I'm not into the cure. So, you yeah. know, it's people, people, you know, a lot of the stories are similar, but sometimes we need somebody to tell the story even from a different perspective or a different level of energy or, you know, somebody we like to hear the story from as opposed to just anybody. And sometimes it's, it's in the moment too. Like sometimes you're not ready for a story and that person comes along and they deliver you the story and you're like, oh, wow, that gives me an epiphany or a paradigm. Yes. We like to say the, the, on the Chris Voss show, a life uh, stories are the owner's manual to life. Let's get in some plugs for your services that you do on your website. You do business coaching, speaker, stuff like that. Tell us yeah. about what you offer there and how people can onboard with you. Yeah, yeah. So I have done procurement for, I think I've worked out like about 10, 15 years. I think it's pushing now 15 because I'm a little bit in denial of how old I am right now. <laughs> So I've done contract negotiations for a long, long time. It's one of my favorite things to do. And although I'm very bubbly, that's the best thing about contract negotiations because I actually know how to connect with people and read rooms. So when it comes to going in and, and negotiating, you know, like very large contracts, I have the upper hand and I don't have any ego when I go do it. And that's one of the things that a lot of people go into negotiations with. They're like, no, I need to, I need to feel like I'm in control. And it's like, when you go into a negotiation and you're negotiating a high value contract, for me personally, it's like I remove all ego because all I care about is the result. If I walk out of there with the price that I want to pay for the product and it is a really good price and I've been able to add all of these, you know, additional non-value items to it to, you know, reduce a lot of admin work within the business, streamline processes and things like that. And then, you know, roll that out. There is no better feeling than that. You know, there is no better feeling than me walking out and going, I didn't need my ego stroked in the meeting. I need like me getting the results that I wanted. That's where my ego's, you know, really puffs out because it's like I can deliver on things and it's a personal achievement. So that's one thing I really do well and I love doing. And I also do a lot of like analytical work. So even though I'm bubbly, I also have the numbers side of my brain. So I, I you know, am able to kind of analyze data, see trends and, and, you know, as we mentioned earlier in this interview, there's a lot of people that stay in one place and they, you know, like they kind of do that kind of cookie cutter life, which is great for them. But for me, because of my life, it's also given me an ability to see the world in a different way. So I'm able to see market trends differently. I'm able to see businesses. I'm able to see how, you know, different innovations within industries, how to then in a business setting, 
you know, capitalize on them and bring them in and, and like have a lot a, a strategic approach to the market, which might not you might not get with other people. So, you know, that's where I thrive. This is where, you know, I'm all about what are your goals and how can we achieve them and how can we long-term achieve them in with a really solid strategy, which we roll out. And I'm really good at transitioning. You know, I'm really good at transitioning businesses. And so, so yeah, so I, I have all of those kind of things that I'm offering on my website, but I'm also going into speaking. So I'm, you know, obviously I, I love to speak. I'm a very mm-hmm. good speaker a lot of knowledge and I and I have a lot of personal knowledge but I also have a lot of business knowledge and that you know that it's kind of like it's kind of like a, a tablecloth it's weaving those 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 skill sets and that knowledge base in from personal to professional and getting the best results for not only me but my clients but also others within speaking you know that comes to listen to me so it's it's a it's it's really exciting because there's so much that's happening in the next six to 12 months within these areas. And I'm like, I'm so happy that I'm in, I'm here firstly <laughs> to yeah. do it. But secondly, that it's, it's almost like firing off. There's all these people that are going, how can we do things better? How can I engage with people to, you know, get them to come in to guide my teams to, you know, do self-improvement? How can I get them to come in and talk to our leadership team so that they can understand how to interact with their employees better so that they can get more effective outcomes, you know? So there's all of these things which are, which are happening in the background, which are just really exciting opportunities. So, yeah, so that's, that's just some of the things that I offer. But I also, um, you know, I also do a lot of helping with just, you know, people within low socioeconomic Mm -hmm. Uh, kind of climate so people that might not have the resources to access people to redo their resumes and they don't know how to go in and negotiate their wages and and I found that it's not only women but it's also men there's a lot of people that just don't know their value don't know how to you know present themselves don't know how to you know kind of go into these interviews prepared how to do that so I do a bit of coaching in the background and and some of those areas because again it's it's about everybody coming up and if people are ready if they are ready to go you know what I'm I deserve this wage I deserve to go in and get this position and I really want it and I'm like well I can help you do that so there's been a lot of successes there as well just uh, you know some of the stuff I do on the side just to help some people out to make sure that you know because I'm all about balance you know I just can't do all of the you know big stuff I also like to help out in in smaller ways as well but I'm also going in I have a, a dream and it's called my empire and I talk about it in obviously me and it's essentially creating this massive empire which has is multifaceted and so it has obviously a business but it also has you know some I want one of my goals is to buy unit blocks and then to essentially refurbish them and to give access to low so, so single mothers low so low socioeconomic housing for families which just isn't available and hopefully build like a a place where they can kind of springboard to the next place or that they can just need a safe place to stay for a while and then you know you know kind of reorientate themselves to go and do the next thing so there's all these other things outside of my core business that I'm doing Mm -hmm. to make sure that because you know I've been homeless three or four times and I talk about that in Fierce Lemmy as well is like when you're homeless, it's one of the hardest things to do to kind of get orientation to be able to get to that next place or to go to work or, you know, like all of those things. And so I really wanted to give back 
as much as I could to, you know, springboard others and to help others along with my business and my core businesses, which I'm doing. And, and you know, like I'm, I'm really good at it. So I, and I love it. It's something I'm very passionate about. So there's all, all these exciting projects that are coming up in the next 12 months, which I'm very, very happy about. But yeah, so that's just a little bit of what I do. There you go. So how can people on board with you and reach out? So we, so we, so I have a website, so it has, and it's broken out into different sections. So www.mrsrow.org and it has all of my offerings that I have on there within business, within procurement, within contract negotiations, also within speaking and bringing me in to, you know, do, to speak at your events. But it also has, I've also got a project going on, which is a poetry collaboration book, which is, it's called World in Our Words, which is a collaboration of 24 poets around the world. So I've also got that going on as well. So there's all of the information. I've got events on there. I'm doing writers retreats. I've got business retreats coming up this year. I've got, you know, lots of events happening. So there's a lot of information there. There you go. Well, it's been an exciting time to have you on and uh, definitely motivational. I love your energy. Give us your .coms as people go out. So www.mrsrow.org is my website. I am on Instagram and Facebook, which is Mrs. Row Author. And I'm on TikTok as Stephanie Rowe. And I'm also on the Google, Doc, Google Books and Kobo to book, buy my ebook. And Chris, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I understand that it's Christmas, so this means so much more to me, and it really does touch my heart that you had me on. So thank you so much, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Christmas. There you go. Thank you. It's my gift to you on Christmas. There you go. I I didn't give a podcast gift this year, so this is it. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show, Stephanie. We really appreciate it. Folks, order up her book wherever fine books are sold called Fiercely Me by Stephanie Rowe. Thanks for honest for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, and Chris Foss One on the Tickety Talkity. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. Yeah.